Hey guys, it's Eric Gilmore, and I want to encourage you to walk with God. I want to talk to you about the charm of Christ's charms today. An example of this can be found in Galatians chapter 1. The scripture says, Christ, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. The scripture doesn't say that he gave an angel, that he gave a saint, that he gave another or something that belonged to someone else. It doesn't say he gave riches or things. It says that he gave himself. Praise God. His own person, his own manhood, his own reputation, his own self he has given freely for us. The scripture tells us it is for our sins. You know what sin is. I know what sin is. It's the transgressions of self-exaltation, the transgressions that are self-deifications. It's the transgressions directly against him, personal, objective, blatant, hell-deserving rebellion that we all have inside of us. He gave himself for our inward rebellion directly against him. I'm talking to you about the charm of Christ's charms. Nobody else is like this. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us. This implies destruction, damage, danger, and he saves us from it. And what kind of a destruction is this? The present evil age to rescue us from the present evil age. It's not only the damnation of this present evil age, which is well-deserving, it is also the mind of this generation, of this evil age, the lusts of this evil age, the values of this evil age. It is deliverance in heart, in mind, in value system. He gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us Rescue us from the destruction and damnation of mind, will, thought, action, and end of self. Praise God. The scripture tells us that he did this according to the will of the Father, God the Father. Yes, God is the origin of this love. But Jesus Christ himself, in line with him, gives himself. This sending of the Son is paternal. God sends his Son out of paternal affection. Now, this gospel is so wonderful and so simple. The scriptures show us that it is so important that we realize this great, wonderful, simple gospel. And that to desert, to abandon the gospel is to desert and to abandon him. To adjust it is to abandon him. To alter it is to abandon him. It's to desert the person of Jesus Christ. How we treat the gospel is how we treat the man. Christ Jesus, for he has called us by his grace, invited us by his own graciousness, not invited us based upon our goodness or because we deserve it or because we're so worth something. It is because he is good and he is gracious. And that graciousness is the invitation for us to receive Christ as our righteousness. Christ as the one who lived the life we cannot live, died a death that we deserve, raised to life to bring about the new creation, ascended up into heaven to send the spirit into the hearts of men to return again as he's praying for us even now. But Paul talks about a different gospel that disturbs them because it's distorted. 
these three D words, distorting the gospel is a different gospel and it causes disturbance. In other words, the security, the safety, the rest that faith in Christ gives to the heart is obstructed, is, is literally wrestled up when distortions come in. One theologian says that the word contrary implies something other or more to take the gospel and shift it or add to it makes it no longer the gospel. <laughs> the gospel must be kept exactly as it is. It can't be altered in content or increased in requirement. It is faith in Christ. This is so severe to Paul that he says two times that cursed is a man who alters the gospel, who adds to the gospel. You're cursed. This is so important to realize the simplicity of the gospel and bank therein, literally rest therein, find safety therein, to be in Christ at rest, trusting completely in his finished, perfect work on our behalf. Praise God. This is the gospel. So trying to perfect, Paul talks later, uh, trying to perfect the thing that was done, born, began in the spirit by works of the flesh is the same damnable heresy. It also causes you to, as Paul says, be severed from Christ, cut off from him. He goes on and he call, calls it falling from grace. He speaks of Christ being no benefit to you. He speaks of nullifying the grace of God. These are severe words and they are tied to two things. One, if we mess with the gospel message and then try to add to the gospel message, it is so important to realize the charm of his charms and let that captivate our hearts, that love would be birthed on the inside and obedience would flow out because of love. This is what the gospel creates. You know, I was looking at John 12 the other day and Jesus is in the house and I see four specific responses, four responses to his presence. One, you have Martha who serves him food. I'm sure the fragrance of the food was in the house. She's doing things for him. Then you have Lazarus who's been raised by him and is sitting with him with others and dining with him. So first is for him service. The second one is with him. But then you have Judas who despises the presence of the Lord, thinks little of it, so much so that his selfishness is frustrated with Mary, the fourth disposition, who worships. Judas was not upset with Martha's service. Judas was not upset with Lazarus sitting with the Lord. But he was very upset frustrated, exposed even by Mary's extreme love that goes down to his feet and ministers unto him. It shows me that selfish ambition, selfish motives can be at home in service. Selfish ambition and selfish motives can still find their way in the assembly, but selfish motives are too stiff to bend as low as Mary who worships the Lord, values him above every other person in the room. And the fragrance of her worship caused the fragrance of the food 
to no longer be noticed. <laughs> it will always be this way. The fragrance of worship will always be more potent than the fragrance of service. Worshippers bend low. Worshippers have le let out the stiffness of selfishness so that they can bow down low before the Lord. And this is what the gospel should bring all of us to. When we look at the fact that he himself, not another, gave freely himself, not something else, himself for our sins, our disrespectful actions, our evils. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age and all of its darkness and doom and gloom and end. He gave himself for us that he might deliver us from this present evil age. Let it be that the gospel wins our hearts. Let it be that we daily run to the gospel and find, as Jonathan Edwards says, the attributes of God manifested in Christ and find these to be delightful objects of contemplation. Jonathan Edwards actually uses that statement to say that's the evidence of the work of the Spirit. How can you tell when the Spirit's working in someone? Well, they're going to have this happen and that happen. No, no, no. The best way to see it is when the attributes of God manifested in the man Christ Jesus hitting their pinnacle at the cross become delightful objects of contemplation. The Spirit causes the eyes to be fixed upon Christ reality in the gospel. Christ attributes and character and excellencies revealed in the gospel. The spirit causes the heart to palpitate and say, that means something to me. You can tell the dullness of a man by how numb he is to the cross of Christ, the perfections of his work, the wonderful new covenant that he has given to us by the sending of his own spirit. If these simple things are not the things that steal the heart and cause the heart to race with love, then we have a different kind of spirit. The spirit of God does this work, makes the gospel seen. And in that, the person and nature and glories of God manifested in Christ. Praise God. Guys, I just want to encourage you today to walk with God. Don't forget every Tuesday night, I meet with my partners from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We sit and wait on the Lord. We look at the scriptures. We, we, we do Q&A and we have guests. It's a wonderful time. I encourage you to become a partner. Join us 7 to 8 p.m. every Tuesday night. God bless you guys.